0: Hello club members, I'm Kate and you're watching Disney Channel. And I'm Emma and I'm drawing the Disney Channel sign with my glow stick. With your stick. green
1: glow stick.
0: With my green glow stick. <laughs> if you don't know what we're referring to, you're too young for Only this Only true
1: millennials will remember. Anywho, you are listening
0: to the Nightlight Horror Movie Club and today we are going to be doing one of our mini episodes. Yes. Basically, we cover whatever we want, however we want, and you just have to take nope. it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we take suggestions, but Just, our usual episodes are entirely viewer suggestions, so they're movies that you guys pick, but um, this, the mini-episodes is where we, we get a, a little bit more freedom to talk about whatever tangentially spooky thing that we feel like.
0: What I just said was a joke, but just to clarify for those of you who might be frightened or on the verge of pressing pause and swiping this out of your uh, phone view, we love taking suggestions on any number of things, anything horror tangential, like Kate said, uh, we are down for it for these many episodes. That's what makes us a club. That's what makes it a democracy. Well, today we are going to be covering spontaneous human combustion.
1: Cool. I know a little bit about that. Okay, so what do you know about i it? know i read this book once about these two little kids you read entire book i i'm really smart you guys Super i'm smart. so smart i read this book about these two little kids that would just um explode when they were upset okay that's i don't think that's exactly uh, what i'm talking about i but. think it's probably very similar to this fictitious novel i read no this is completely
0: historically real of course so for those of you who don't know, sudden human combustion or spontaneous combustion is when basically um, a person suddenly lights a blaze and there's no apparent external source of the ignition. The fire is believed to start within the body of the victim, and this is something that has been described in literature for centuries. Person go boom. Yeah. Things going b- boom without you really knowing why or how. Um, And it's been documented in coroner's reports as an official cause of death. And it has been a spooky. Yeah, no, for real. And I'll talk about that. It has been a spooky subject for many a newspaper and uh, many a horror fan. I want to know about these
1: coroner reports.
0: I know, right? Like literally we have no other explanation other than this person exploded. So maybe a little bit lazy. I I think it's (laughs) lazy
1: reporting. (laughs) He looks I, pretty I don't burnt. I know. think you just set a blaze. You, you know, let's not worry about it too hard. Looks like you just...
0: Maybe we should look a little bit closer at these coroners.
1: <laughs> I think that that's what this
0: episode is about. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things about human combustion is that in these reports, there's some common characteristics that you mm-hmm. see um, in terms of the remains of the victim and in the setting. So. One of, the, one of the theories of the potential causes has been uh, fat composition of the person, as well as alcohol consumption. So really just shaming, shaming, shaming the dead so all ch- over the place. chubby
1: alcoholics just catch on fire.
0: And old women.
1: Old chubby alcoholic women. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> I don't much. know if this sounds very true.
0: Well, true or not, there have been at least 200 cited reports worldwide over about 300 When's years. When's the
1: latest one? Is it like 1760? Try 2010. What? Yeah. 2010?
0: Yes. Where was am.
1: this? Who did this?
0: Well, I'll get to that. But first, I want to talk just a little bit about the historical origins of mm-hmm. this. So the idea and the term was first proposed in 1746 following the mysterious death, death of Countess Cornelia Zongari Bondi. <laughs> I'm sorry. So this they, they, <laughs> is very famous and apparently very important woman uh from the papal states which i had to look up so this is just some part of the italian peninsula okay so in 1731 she was reported as having her last dinner she was described as dull and heavy oh my god
1: isn't
0: she a countess (laughs) yeah apparently that doesn't exclude you fat shaming that kind of a description jesus so she went to bed. She went to her room after dinner, hung out with the maid. They talked for like three hours, chatting, praying, you know, the usual old timey thing. Sounds like and she then-
1: marrying her maid. Sounds <laughs> like she a totally had a relationship story. with her maid. No one just go. So they retired to their bedroom after dinner and they prayed for three hours together. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, not, that's not what uh-huh. we're talking about. But that's, that's a different mini episode. I think
0: the maid um, did it.
1: This is a whodunit, I
0: (laughs) I know, right? Because not only was she the last person seen with the victim, she was the first person to find the victim. It was so the maid.
1: It was her ex-girlfriend, the the maid.
0: I know. So the next day, she wasn't up at her usual time, so the maid went to check on her and then found her remains. What are her remains, you may ask? Ashes. I'm sure that's what you were thinking. Ashes? Dust. So, basically, her room was full of soot. The whole room? And she was, yes, the entire room was just soot everywhere, oily, greasy soot. And the countess herself was reduced to a pile of ashes described as no more than a meter. So, that's about three feet, three inches for all of us plebeian Americans. And so, at the bed, she she was about a meter from the bed. Um, And she was found completely sooted, a pile of ash, except for her lower legs above the knee. What? Three fingers and the front of a skull, which were all intact. That's
1: disgusting. That doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine walking into that? No, I I don't want to imagine that. And to make it even creepier, the rest
0: of the furniture, uh, with the exception of a greasy smell and layer, was untouched and was not singed or burned.
1: It was just covered in her fat soot. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So was that was this? That, this was in 1731. Oh, my, oh, bullshit. I think the maid lit her on fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> okay, so that, that's, that's Kate's reigning mm-hmm. theory.
0: So then we have, in 1951, a woman named Mary Reeser in Ireland. She was found burned to death in her 51? home. 51? The landlord. 1951. Huh? 1951. 1951. Okay. And there's been a bunch of other ones, but these are some of the notable ones. So... The landlord noticed that her doorknob was very warm as we learned to test in in high school or elementary Mm -hmm. school. And so they called the cops out of concern for their poor Mrs. Reeser. And whenever they got into her apartment, they found she had completely burned to ash with only one leg remaining. Jesus,
1: why do they have parts remaining?
0: I know, right? And then her the chair she was sitting in was destroyed, but everything else, all the other furniture was fine.
1: I can't make that one make sense. There's right? no, it's, spur- it's kind of odd. Sp- what it, what's the word I'm trying to say? There's no spurned maid lover that I can blame. <laughs>
0: that not one that's documented. Although back <laughs> in the
1: day, everything was like really flammable. Like in the 50s, before they started spraying flame retardants on literally everything that you were wearing and sitting on right now. Exactly. Yeah, on your face, giving on you your cancer. makeup. We're not here to talk about that. On your food. Yeah, flame retardants are everywhere. But back then, it, they were. Yeah, weren't. they really are. And so they just. People were just, you know, on fire sometimes. (laughs) Well, I don't know why her leg wasn't.
0: No, her leg wasn't. And then there was another lady who was found, quote, to the point of complete destruction. There were plastic flowers in the table at the center of the room that were reduced to liquid. And then there was a TV about 12 feet away where the screen had melted off. And she was turned to ash with only all that was remaining were two feet and both legs from the knee
1: down undamaged. Why are there extremities left? I don't I'm know. a little confused as to why in the first one it was like everything was untouched, but then sometimes things are touched and are melted and like burned. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very fishy. And they're always alone, except when there's a I mean, mate around.
0: Yes, they're always alone, which is which which is of note. And then I'll just fast forward to to one of the recent recent ones, which is in December of 2010, as I've mentioned. This was Michael Farity, who's a 76-year-old man in Galway, Ireland, and he was recorded to have spontaneously combusted by the coroner.
1: This is in Ireland? Is it the same coroner? (laughs) I think it's the same old batshit coroner.
0: Yeah, maybe he was at, in his youth, and then he's like, "Well, this just this is kind of takes care of some red tape," and so he's just used it. And now it's 2010; he's still using that old trick. He's a month from trick. his
1: pension. He's like, "I ain't got time for this shit." I don't know. <laughs> he blew up. So I found the I found a quote from the coroner that
0: says, "The fire was thoroughly investigated, and I am left with the conclusion that it fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation." <laughs> yeah.
1: I have come to the conclusion that I cannot explain what it is, and I am explaining that it is spontaneous combustion.
0: Yeah. Great. So just a couple other notes about the commonalities. Like I said, they were typically chronic alcoholics, often elderly females. The hands and the feet usually fell off. Top, Ew. Um, I know. And then there was that kind of theme of greasy ashes with an offensive There's odor, also th- presumed.
1: There's also a theme of them being alone, right? Like, I think that's yes. a pretty big theme to note. Like, I anything can spontaneously combust if you're not looking at it. That's like, if I was like, I'm a really, really good mag- magician. You want to see a card trick? <laughs> All right, go into the other room. <laughs> and I'm going to make this yeah. disappear. <laughs> Just go in the well, other Kate's room, skepticism. come back. <laughs> and I will have a different card. <laughs> and at the top and of I the will, day. it'll be different.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Kate's skepticism takes me to this, the scientific, um, Portion of spontaneous human combustion so the consensus is that all these historical cases are overlooking external sources of ignition
1: like the fact in that 1984, in 1984 back in like the 1700s that everything was lit by kerosene lamps and everyone wore yes and they also think that nightgowns.
0: yes and they also think that people were um like in some of the publishings that people were leaving out, maybe some of the more incriminating details to keep it kind of spooky and mysterious now that
1: I can get behind lying about facts, <laughs> some nice yellow For journalism the sake or of perhaps spook. black journalism. <laughs> so in
0: 1984, there was a two year research project that involved over 30 historical cases of alleged spontaneous human combustion. They were conducted by the scientific investigator, Joe Nichol and a forensic analyst, John Fisher so they ended up publishing this in International Association of Arson Investigators, which There's who knows association? that was a thing. Yeah, apparently. Okay. So they kind of, you've kind of hinted at this, but they're, here are some, some of their, a summary of some of the things that they decided. So they decided that the burned bodies were probably close to a possible source of ignition. <laughs> so candles, lamps, fireplaces, and Thank um, God we did this, notes, two, cigarettes.
1: this two day, two, I'm sorry, thank God they did this two year research study to find out you know it was probably you know some fire (laughs) no so they did a little bit more than that so they basically
0: found the cases and then like started doing some deep deep digging on what the actual home looked like what the person's habits were were they you know a, a a pack or a chain smoker um and i found it very interesting that actually even in modern day improper disposal of smoking materials causes one in every four fire deaths in the u.s yikes I know. So all you smokers out there, put out your ciggies appropriately. At least
1: don't douse yourself in your latest beverage before you like fall asleep on the couch smoking, which is what all of these sound like. Exactly. So when you think about some of the elder ladies, some things that you find
0: out when you, the elderly ladies, like the Countess and Mary Reeser, when you do a little bit of digging, so not only did Countess Cornelia drink a bunch of brandy, she also sprinkled freighted brandy which i assume is some sort of like mineralized or like like powdery version of brand brandy and she would sprinkle it over her body to relieve physical pain um, so that might have been something to do with yeah, it
1: yeah that'll do it like we have <laughs> yeah. no idea she just covered herself in this flammable substance and then she was <laughs> gone <laughs>
0: And then Mary research, she, um, she took lots of sleeping pills and also smoked a lot. And to explain the fact that her, um, her, her couch or her chair that she was sitting in was, was burnt to smithereens, but the floor was not, the floor was actually made of cement. So that might, that might give a little bit of insight on a that. Bit. So they, basically what they thought was that, um, a lot of these people they did think had a high level of intoxication just was with, with that potentially making their blood more flammable. Blood more they flammable?
1: Also,
0: yeah, and just like the alcohol being throughout your I, body. How
1: how much alcohol do you have to drink for I your blood know, to be count flammable, Cornelia? Oh my god, Cornelia's a so heavyweight. They wonder, Jesus. Yes.
0: <laughs> so they wonder if that was related to it. And then they also, for those of you who are familiar with the Wick effect, they use this to explain a lot of it.
1: Kate, do you know what the Wick effect I mean, is? assume it's something like a a candle wick.
0: So yeah, I mean that that would be that would make That's sense. That's my <laughs> deduction. That, I will say that the Wick effect is a little bit more sophisticated than that. And it's actually pretty interesting. Okay. So the idea was that something external, like a cigarette, burns your skin. Then that makes a cut on your skin, which reveals subcutaneous fat. That start that oily fat, which that Kate and I flammable. are both familiar with, kind of what that feels like from like medical um, medical. Ew! Work. Don't
1: tell people that. I mean, it's true. <laughs> well,
0: it's just like it's it's it gets. It's everywhere. literally it's just, like anyway.
1: grease. Like whenever I, yes,
0: it's whenever like I'm grease.
1: doing a spay on like a dog, like a chubby dog. Like I have to have a bunch of gauze nearby to like perpetually just be wiping my hands because yes, it's absolutely. literally like a slice of pizza in the abdomen and <laughs> there's just grease. Yeah. So try not to think of that
0: next it's time you indulge in a slice of pizza. Well, like that, think um, of animal
1: fat. Whenever you eat a steak and there's yeah. fat on it, that's inside of you as well. But it looks all clean and white
0: at that point. Whenever you... um are looking at subcutaneous fat. It's all greasy and gross. Um, so the thought was that you they have that external cut from the cigarette burn or what what have you, and then that reveals the subcutaneous fat, which is very flammable. That absorbs into the clothing, and so that kind of acts as a wick. And so then the person it becomes kind of cyclical because they're burning and they're exposing more fat, and Jesus. then that through that process they burn to smithereens. That's
1: terrible, but it makes sense. I know. Sense. And then.
0: You know, skeptics might say, well, what about the water and the the high water content in humans? And so what they think to explain that is that the the process is a pretty slow process. Um, and so the, it gives time for the water to evaporate. Ew.
1: So it's just like they die fairly quickly and then they just kind yep. of like slow cook like yep. like a southern barbecue. That's mm-hmm. nasty. I mean,
0: it's pretty awful, but... And then um, the, to explain the nearby undamaged objects further, apart from like a, a very flammable chair versus a cement flooring. And mm-hmm. um, they also explain that the that fires have a tendency to burn upwards very easily, but with uh, more difficulty, they, they spread laterally. So oh, that's gross, explain, their feet.
1: Oh, yeah. that's nasty and amazing.
0: I know. It's all like, it's very gross, but also kind of fascinating um, in a very morbid it way. It also like
1: doesn't really debunk spontaneous, com- like, okay, like spontaneous isn't the right word, but it's still kind of combustion.
0: Yeah. And so all of this research that's been put into it has actually made people um, more hesitant to believe in spontaneous combustion in general and um, chemical processes. And it makes people look more closely at that. So researchers are are becoming a bit more skeptical about this idea that things can Spontaneous combust- human uh, um, uh, suddenly—I don't want to say spontaneously again—but <laughs> um, and even when they're referring to just chemical processes, not related to a human being.
1: This is gross. I know. So
0: all of that to say that a lot of these spontaneous human combustions, while very um, spooky and mysterious at first glance, modern research has kind of debunked a lot of this in in um, plausible ways using testing out some of these theories on animal tissues and things like that. I don't know. This so,
1: makes me way more grossed out than beforehand. Cause beforehand I was <laughs> well, just like, I imagined someone just like poof. poof. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's a bit more grisly than that. And um, I like to put it in the words of the paranormal researcher, Brian Dunning. He says it best when he says, if this is a real phenomenon and not the result of an elderly or infirm person being too close to a flame source, why doesn't it happen more often? There are over 5 billion people in this world. Where are the people bursting into flame while walking down Thank the street? You. Attending a football game or sipping a coffee at Starbucks. Just like on fire. Done. Exactly. And that's what you were saying about this is only happening, you know, in in uh, solitary circumstances uh, with potential flame sources nearby and uh, flammable objects inside just you saying, and around stop you.
1: Stop, drop, and
0: roll, kiddos. Stop, drop, and roll. So the, to wrap it all up... Stop, we, we drop, and roll. We encourage you to stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. To uh, put the back of your hand against the door if you suspect it may be warm. And I never also, got that. Like
1: It's pretty obvious when there's a fire in your house. Also pay attention to the smoke billowing out from underneath right. the door. Right. Like, you'll, you'll notice things before you like gently touch the door and feel that it is warm. I mean, I don't think that's complete. I mean... I don't know. I, I
0: could see situations where a room has gotten very hot, even if it's post fire, you know, the, the dust has settled I'll, to,
1: to. I'm just saying to say. public school has taught me anything. It's taught me the mitochondria is a powerhouse of a cell.
0: <laughs> That's all medical school taught me.
1: That's all medical school taught you? <laughs> I'm kidding. For four I'm kidding. years? <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. People in North Carolina, don't be oh scared. God. I will treat you well. Doc,
1: I've had this cough for like two weeks and you're like, it's okay. Well, did you know? The mitochondria <laughs> is the powerhouse of the cell.
0: Well, that is all that I have on spontaneous human combustions. All
1: you wanted to know about it and all that you did not. I, I'm actually more interested in it now than I was before. So that well, sounded I really mean. <laughs> I'm not nearly as bored as I thought I would be. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> This was actually interesting. (laughs) It was was really interesting. (laughs) I still think the maid did it.
0: Yeah, the maid probably did in a lot of these situations, or a scorned lover,
1: or both. If you're if you're a countess.
0: If your countess is probably that. Uh,
1: Before we go, I just want to announce some really exciting news. Um, If you guys listen to other horror movie podcasts, you might know a really popular one called Horror Movie Talk. And one of their hosts, David, is going to be joining us for our next episode. David's going to be joining us um, next week for It Follows, which apparently is like one of his favorite movies. He called it one of his top five. And I've never seen it. So, I have so not. this is which
0: maybe was not even worth this, saying no that was not <laughs> <hours>. saying.
1: <laughs> but I'm very excited this is a, this is very exciting we're gonna um, have David on our show and uh talk about one of his favorite movies absolutely
0: oh and also I do want to give a special shout out to Jordan who sent us a lovely email with several really cool horror movie recommendations that we will be incorporating into future uh polls so shout out to Thanks, you Jordan. Jordan you the best all right, and I think that's all we have for this little mini episode. That's
1: it. Join us next week for our special guests as we talk about It Follows.
0: All right, and until then, guys, stay spooky. Stay spoopy, don't explode.